What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. I am the Martian. I'm joined by Ozzy as always. What's going on this week, Ozzy? Yeah, man. Hot off. Uh, we were waiting quite a while for uh, a pay-per-view level uh, card, and I think last week uh, definitely delivered, uh, especially closing out with that main event uh, between Alex and uh, T-City, who uh, just couldn't finish that triangle. Broke my heart. Um, but uh, you had a great weekend. Uh, I, I, I just, you know, skimmed through profit. So how did uh, how did you wrap up last week? Yeah, thank you for that. Good shout out. I did. Um beat Ozzy this weekend in the the bet MMA profit only the second week out of eight weeks that it's happened so far so he's definitely up on me 3.84 unit win on the week for me uh Marlon um or excuse me uh Marab Hooker and Volkanovski came through big for me and a few underdogs on the card and uh, great points by Ozzy it was a great pay-per-view card um the main event was amazing Marab versus Marais was amazing and uh you know Ozzy's a little bit down on himself but the guy still profited uh, he still hasn't lost. I mean, I think he's only lost like one time on this entire podcast. So he's still giving out winning bets. So um, don't feel too bad about it, Ozzy. I think you'll be back on the winning uh, spectrum this week. Alvio getting iced in that first round just just totally fucked me. But, you know, as always with me, I feel I, I really do well in the, on the preliminary cards. I find value there always. Um, Pierce is my biggest bet of the uh, of the night. Just got more and more confident in him. And then I got, you know, I, maybe I might have fanboyed out a little bit with the jiu-jitsu guys, Nick and, and, and Ortega. Although I do not regret that Ortega bet that much at plus 175. Um, and then I also was on Hooker. And unfortunately, I faded the blue and Chris Dawkins and uh, Shamil Shamil paid for it. He, he 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 I don't know what he did to all these guys while he's been out but uh he took a beat beat down uh last Saturday. Got knocked but out I, twice. I knocked out probably three times but I'm ready <laughs> I'm ready to put that card behind me. Had a nice uh contender series uh two nights ago and um I'm excited about this uh, card and October as a whole for sure. Yeah, true, true. You did do well in that contender series. I think you told me five bets and four of them won. So I, I guess that's pretty good, right? You know, 80% of wins. Um, but that's going to do it for the recap of last week. We're going to get into this week's card. This is the Tiago Santos versus Johnny Walker card. 13 fights going down from the apex this Saturday. It starts early, 4 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, overall, the card's not too strong, but we have a few betting leans we feel strong about. We're going to get into the first fight, Bantamweight division. Uh, some guys who haven't fought in a few years. Alejandro Perez taking on Johnny Eduardo. We're seeing Perez minus 235, Eduardo plus 200. I'll let you start this one off, Ozzy. What are you thinking about these uh, older Bantamweights here? Uh, you know, these are two guys I did not. Ex- I, I didn't know what happened to Alex Perez after or Alejandro Perez after he got knocked out by Song Yudong last time. Um, was a fight where I think he just got caught. caught um, you know, really underestimating the the speed uh, and was countered pretty quickly there. But I thought that Cody Stamen fight he showed himself uh, pretty well there um, and was competitive overall. Um, had Cody uh, a bit hesitant uh, to shoot in on the legs. I think he went 0 for eight. Uh, on takedowns uh, in that fight, but he wasn't too accurate with his punches. On this fight as a whole, I don't have too much. You know, Johnny Eduardo is a strange guy. You know, hasn't won a fight since uh, in in about five years here. So I'm very surprised that he is back. Um, you know, for a fight, I like 
you know, taking guys that, you know, plus 200 and better if I see like a path to victory or I'm high on their skills and Eduardo does look like he's in shape, but I just can't, you know, gamble uh, at, at, even at that plus number. So it's going to be a definite pass for me, maybe a look at, um, I, I wouldn't even say props like doing overs or anything like that. It's just a strange fight. I do think Alejandro Perez is the uh, rightful favorite here. Um, and, you know, maybe he'll chip away here at Eduardo and uh, maybe score a late finish would be my prediction. It's hard to be confident in either side here with the layoffs. Perez, two and a half years, Eduardo over three years. And you brought up some good points about Perez. The guy's a solid boxer. He's a pretty good defensive grappler as well. And the only real issue with him is he doesn't have the highest output, but I do think he is, you know, a pretty solid boxer. Um, Eduardo in his last fight was facing Nathaniel Wood, who that was his UFC debut. Woods actually turned out to be pretty good, and Eduardo hurt him badly in round one. I think the guy's offensive striking is still there. I still think he can hurt opponents early on. It just seems like he fades as the fight goes on. So I think Eduardo is going to have an early window here, especially with Perez coming off just as long of a layoff. I think if Eduardo comes out aggressive and puts some hands on Perez, I think he could possibly turn it into a finish. And there's also a good chance that Eduardo is just done 43 years old at this lower weight class. That's not a good recipe. So there's a good chance Perez just knocks him out early as well. So uh, I think the fight not starting round two is a like plus 235. Uh, that's a good stab for this fight. Um, and I think the value side, money line wise, is Eduardo. I think that he's going to start fast and he's going to look a little bit better than two to one. And he really does have a chance for an early finish here because Perez is just uh, kind of underwhelming, not really the guy to push the pace. And I think this isn't the worst matchup for Eduardo. And the last piece of information here, doing some Instagram cap and looking at their Instagrams, I see Johnny Eduardo in Nova Uniao. He's training in Brazil with good training partners, a lot of gym picks. Alejandro Perez, barely seeing any footage of him in the gym, like one video of him lifting weights. But um I put some stock into that, you know. If you were in the gym, you'd be taking selfies. Uh, Ozzy, a couple months back, picked uh, picked against Bam Malecki based on her Instagram, and it ended up being completely accurate. So, very accurate. Um, don't don't <laughs> discount that. And speaking of uh, low level females, we're gonna move on to the next fight in the bantamweight division, where we have. Stephanie Edgar, minus 130. Shayna Young, plus 110. This line has flipped. Uh, was Young as the favorite. Edgar is now the favorite. And I'll pass this one back to you, Ozzy. I know you have some strong thoughts about this one. So take over this elite-level breakdown. Whenever I see women's fights, man, it's just... I gravitate immediately to the plus money. And I guess people did originally as well, because they took Stephanie Egger, they saw her, you know, her plus money, and they, you know, shot it down. But at this point, there's no way that you can lay juice on Stephanie Egger. Like, you know, right now, if you if you're looking at this line, it's very it's favored to go to distance at a two to one clip. Um, Stephanie Yeager, she just does not look like to me a, a girl that wins decisions. You know, in her last fight against Cortez, you know, she didn't put up much of a fight at all. She got judo tripped herself, right? She hit her with uh, inside reap, uh, Cortez did. Um, and just her reaction times are incredibly slow. Uh, she didn't attempt any, she didn't do anything in that fight at all. Um, you know, from bottom, from top, from, you know, any, any different position. Her stand-up to me looks incredibly robotic. Um, it, she doesn't look like she gets likes getting hit. Um, if you look back at an old fight of hers versus Alexa Connors and in, in uh, Invicta, you know she basically gave up in the third round after getting hit in the body a, a couple times. She like spit out her mouthpiece, and uh, the ref like stopped it while Alexa 
Connors is hitting her to help her put her mouthpiece back in uh, and then restart started the fight. Should have been a stoppage. And somehow Alexa Connors almost lost that split decision. Crazy. But, um, you know, I don't think she likes getting hit. Now, uh, uh, Young, on the other hand, you know, I think people are fading her just because they saw that Sarah Alpar uh, choked her out in contenders, which is a totally legitimate um, re reasoning and rationale. But I mean, if you look at that first round, Shana Young, you know, is on top. She she gets out of some compromising positions. She's looking for a dart choke at the end of it. Um, and then in the Macy uh, Chieson fight, she was in there on very very short notice. Chieson's super big um and and much more aggressive than stephanie egger is and that was a pretty high-paced fight um and i sh i saw that um you know young showed me as she has some act her hands are active uh she throws strikes and if she's coming in with a similar kind of cardio than she did in that fight i think that she'll she's gonna be able to pull this fight away now i know that she had a baby last year and all that stuff but to me she looks in shape she looks like a girl who um consistently you know works uh works out hard um and just egger i just don't like anything i've seen from her she, she made her debut six years ago i don't think she looks any better at all um and she's not reliable to me to do anything and if you're favoring this fight to go to distance um i really don't think that you know it, you will favor her in the third round or to just win two out of three rounds so I side with Young here. I'll, I'm, I'm hoping for this price to continue to go up uh, on the plus money side. Uh, and then I'll take a stab and, and and have at least one unit on her because I just think she's the more well-rounded MMA fighter and the more committed fighter as well. I don't have nearly as much uh, conviction in my thoughts about this fight as Hazi does, but I'm actually leaning the other way towards Edgar. I think both these women are just so bad. Their striking skill is so bad. There's no way to predict who's going to be the better fighter on the feet. And I think the Eggers wrestling her grappling is the most reliable path on either side here. Um, with how bad Young's takedown defense is, I just think that um, one or two attempts of a, at a takedown from Edgar should be enough to get her down to the floor. And uh, I just side with Edgar winning the fight from top. So not a whole lot of analysis on my end here. I'm just siding with Edgar uh, to outgrapple Young to a decision. And I'm surprised, uh, Ozzy, you're not valuing the ADCC uh, competition from uh, Edgar uh, too much, it's huh? Not, it's not uh, a steep climb to get to ADCC on that side, especially on a female side, especially when you can win a, a trials in like Sweden and Europe and get in. Now, these days, a little bit, you know, the women's game is catching up uh, more. But uh, in 2018, when she qualified for that, and like, nobody, there's not, the competition is not stiff at all. Gabby Garcia wins it all the time. Like, it's not stiff or difficult to get there. And I looked I at think... another, let me tell you one other thing. I looked at um, Stephanie Egger's uh, judo career. Uh, there's actually a, the, someone keeps track of, uh, there's a site that keeps track of the win-loss record. And I think she was like 35%. Win percentage. I, I, you can verify this. I don't know what site it was, but I did see this. Um, yeah, that clip of uh, Edgar like hitting a throw on uh, Gabby Garcia single-handedly made that line versus Tracy Cortez close. Um, I didn't remember it being that short. Cortez closed minus one forty-seven. That's crazy. Um, and she she won every she won every second of that fight. Um, that's gonna move us on to the next fight which is in the men's uh, bantamweight division. We have Douglas De Silva de Andrade taking on uh, Gastian Perello. Uh, I, I pronounced that first name wrong, but oh well. Sorry, Tano. Mr. Perello. 
What is it? Gaetano? Gaetano. Gaetano. Yeah, let's go with that. Gaetano. Oh, yeah, easy. Gaetano. Okay, so the line for this one, uh, Andrade minus 250, Pirello plus 210. Um, so Pirello seems to be mostly an offensive striker from what I've seen. He did beat up some some lower-level guys in the European regional scene, but I don't think the guy is, is very skilled at any aspect of MMA. I mean, his offensive striking is definitely his best, but I don't see much defense on the other end, and I think his takedown defense, his positional awareness on the ground is really bad um ricky simone not a guy known for finishing fights he even was able to find a finish on Perello. i mean that was a complete mismatch so you can't give the guy too much criticism there but he's facing uh deandraj here who is another older fighter hasn't won many fights recently but he's still a tough out you saw that in the murphy fight um making it to the decision there and that fight was an accomplishment of his own and you know Perello would have been you know, knocked out in the first round of that fight. Um, that was at 145, too. Andrade going back down to his natural weight class at 135. And I just think that he should win the fight any way he wants to. I think he should have a striking advantage, huge experience advantage. He's still very durable. And he probably could even outgrapple Perillo if he wanted to. So Andrade should cover his price pretty handily here. And he might even find a finish. Do you think uh, Andrade has a chance at a late finish here? Or do you think this one's going to decision, Ozzy? Man, I, I I like Andrade. Just a quick fact check on the Edgar uh, uh, Judo record: forty three percent. But anyway, getting into this fight, Andra, Andrade. Um, you know, I I like him in that fight against um in that fight against uh, Murphy. He hit Murphy with some tremendous body shots that you'll see hurt Murphy a little bit. Like just not wobbled him, but made him like, oh shit, you know that 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 was and that was with kicks, punches, you know, offbeat timing, uh, plenty. And uh, you know, he's fought at one thirty five comfortably i would say before i mean the guy's a physical specimen um he has pretty explosive striking he's got pretty good leg kicks um he's he's very durable overall you know i took peter yan you know peter yan couldn't even stop him the ref had to 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 cease that fight um and and uh, i feel that he throws in combination well he'll throw head kicks and you know he has a pretty good gas tank overall um and, and he's pretty tough so on the, and in the grappling realm as well he has some explosive takedowns i think if these guys end up scrambling he's going to be able to uh to outmaneuver uh gaetano uh, overall and uh you know what i think that he would probably will have to look out for uh gaetano does have some good knees that he comes in with um in the first round i think he's going to be uh spunky if uh if, for lack of a better <laughs> word like i think he's going to be looking to you know he definitely got embarrassed in that ricky simone fight and it was on short notice if i remember correctly um but ricky was able to just uh, put the screws to him once he got, got him down to the ground comfortably but overall, I don't think that he's going to have too much for Andraj uh, at distance. I think Andraj will be able to um, dictate the pace uh, much more. I think he'll be able to counter him uh, much more, get that uh, get that timing, uh, and, and then start to attack uh, Gaetano from all different angles. And then, uh, yes, if if he does uh, take it to the ground, I do think that he could progress position uh, and finish with whether it be ground to pound or um a submission and i think this line is probably a little bit short you know i i i was interested at him when this line was even shorter um you know this guy's 26 and 4 has fought you know really really top level competition and i think it's going to be uh, this is definitely a uphill battle for uh gaetano in his second uh, career uh ufc fight um interesting props here we got andrage submission plus 2000 uh perillo oh, Perillo knockout. I don't see him winning the fight anyway, besides knockout plus 550. 
Perillo round one plus 900 as well. So I feel like if you're betting Perillo, you might as well take him by knockout or the early prop finishes because I cannot see him beating Andrade as the fight goes. That just seems um, very unlikely. And that's going to move us on to the next fight in the lightweight division. We have Devontae Smith as the minus 147 favorite taking on Jamie Malarkey as the plus 127 dog. Um, American versus Australian here. You could start this one off, Ozzy. What are your thoughts? Been tossing and turning about this fight. I think this is one of my favorite ones on the prelims. Um, you know, Smith here, you know, he, he the guy has <laughs> a lot of good tools to him, good reach, um, very quick. Uh, definitely has a lot of power in his hands. But, you know, the glaring holes is, you know, you're not sure about his ground game. He got dominated by John Gunther uh, in the regional scene and, and, you know, held down very easily. And then in the UFC, he hasn't, you know, fought too many guys that were, um, I think a lot of the guys that he fought were kind of scared of him a, a little bit or just didn't have any chins. Um, you know, Joseph Lowry disappointed me you know, right off the bat on contender, but the other guys, like, you know, you just haven't seen too much adversity, you know, come the way of Smith. Um, some stuff that I see, I think he, he might be potentially a little bit chinny, um, you know, here at 155, he's never fought a guy that was uh, committed to grappling with him. Uh, and he comes across a guy in Jamie Malarkey who was able to finally get uh, his first UFC win in that last fight against uh, Worthy. He did a lot of good things in those 46 seconds uh, <laughs> that I liked that I really like that I think would uh, bodes well for him in the future. I, I'm definitely high on him. You know, I think he accounted himself well versus both, um, versus both, uh, Zium and, uh, and Brad Riddell there. Well, um, he's got good counters. Um, you know, my, my, my biggest issue here is that I think that he needs this fight to, on the ground, um, at some point to, to, to win this. And he's not a guy who's going to put you, who usually puts you down with too much authority, uh, takedown wise. He's, he kind of needs to get a clinch, you know, start looking for like trips and things like that to slow you down. And that might give Smith that close range where he could, you know, fire off a few shots and, uh, frustrate him. But I mean, I, you know, I think that this line, I was, I've been watching it all week. It was climbing over, over plus 140 uh, and then, you know, has now steadily come down. I do think more money will start coming in on Smith. Um, and I'm not interested in laying the juice on him and being, you know, finding out that, you know, one, he's super chinny. Two, he can get countered and put on the back foot. And three, you know, his ground game is still shitty. Uh, and you don't know his cardio because he's he hasn't really been into third round or a second round even that's uh, very competitive. So I kind of like Jamie Malarkey here. Um, I think that he'll be able to counter Smith. I think he'll be able to make him go backwards at different points in this fight. And then if he does get in on those hips uh, and he is, is able to put him flat on his back, um, I, I don't think that Smith is going to have a lot of uh, opportunity or a lot of uh, uh, ways out. Uh, that are not giving up uh, more advantageous positions. And then once, you know, Jamie Marquis is nasty, dude. He'll, you know, he he goats you to, you know, come come back at him and throw shots. You know, he's getting frustrated when uh, ZM was circling around so much. So I think uh, uh, Smith will oblige him uh, in, in throwing in, in some cases. And uh, I think it'll give opportunity for uh, for Malarkey to slip under uh, and shoot in on the legs or come, come with uh, counter strikes like he did versus uh worthy so i'm gonna side with uh jamie malaki this fight seems pretty simple to me i mean one guy knocked out combo worthy the other guy got knocked out by combo worthy i mean mma math points to malarkey being a lock here and i'm i'm inclined to agree you know 
Malarkey, extremely durable, took an absolute beating from Brad Riddell and kept coming forward in that fight. And I don't think that Smith is, is that great of a fighter. I think the guy has had a lot of his success by round one knockout, and he's not really proven in tough fights. He's not really proven to to turn the fight around if it's not going his way. So that's a that's a huge concern because Malarkey is the type of guy to lose a round and then just come back, right back out and get right back to work trying to implement his game plan. He's no stranger to losing or coming from behind. Smith, on the other hand, very untested in that area. And, you know, in every better's mind has been the John Gunther loss on Smith's record. Gunther is a very robotic and unathletic fighter, and even he was able to outgrapple Smith in that fight. So uh, logic points to another dedicated grappler being able to do the same thing. And betters have been waiting for a grappler to come against Smith. And I think that Malarkey is capable enough of a grappler. He's persistent enough with his takedowns. I think he's pretty solid on top. Nothing crazy. I'm sure you would agree, Ozzy. Malarkey's nothing like uh, immaculate on top, but I think that he should have the persistence, the toughness and the wrestling grit to just keep trying to get this fight to the floor. And Malarkey isn't completely out of his depth in the feet. I definitely think he'll be at a disadvantage, but I'm just not really sold on Smith as this elite knockout artist. I know he did get a few first round knockouts, uh, elite win in Julian Arosa, um, but that was at 155. Arosa's wrong weight class. Um, so be it. You know, the, I, I would pick Arosa in a rematch, you know, as I'm sure you would, Ozzy. We got to go with Juicy J. Uh, no matter what, but um, you know, I'm just not impressed with Smith, so I'll take the plus money on Malarkey as well. We're in agreement with this one, and I'll side oh, with. I, I don't trust. I don't trust the uh the jujitsu training at uh Factory X uh, either. I think I think Brandon Royval might be uh the head uh head instructor over there. So really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, yeah, joking it, about that, but I just I don't like after seeing Cody Brundage last week too with his ground game. I don't trust him, man. Yeah, not not a great look. Although, you know, alternate universe Brundage wins that fight 29-28. I stand by that. But uh, that's going to take us to the next fight. And this is honestly a very emotional moment for me on the podcast. This is Betch Cohea's retirement fight. One of the greatest female fighters of all time. Um, has been my profile picture on Twitter for like six months. Very upsetting uh, time in, in the MMA community. Um, we got Carol Rosa minus 600 taking on Betch Cohea plus 400. And they're not giving her any favors on her way out. They're giving her an extremely tough matchup on her way out the door. And unfortunately for Betch, I, I think she is kind of drawing dead here. I, I don't think that um, she has any real threat to Rosa. I mean, I guess if the fight stays standing, if it's just a kickboxing fight, Betch could win. But she's so hittable. She has no concept of defense. I mean, she is extremely durable, and she can eat 100 punches a fight, no problem. But she just has no concept of avoiding the strikes. Um, she's not a great defensive wrestler. Uh, Shajara Eubanks really took her down easily in round one before Shajara gassed out. Probably the most embarrassing moment of Eubanks' career was losing that fight to Betch. Um, but I think uh, Rosa should be pretty safe to cover her price here i mean the woman throws a lot of output i mean she's pumping out output on the feet she shoots takedowns she lands a lot of ground a pound and um you know she's actually pretty good on top she she unleashes a lot of shots probably could have got a tao in both rounds one and two of the uh vanessa Mello fight um but you got to kind of wonder about rose's finishing abilities if she wasn't able to finish Mello there and wasn't able to finish edwards um, she might not be able to finish anybody. So um, this one is probably going to go to the decision, and it's probably going to be a pretty lopsided decision for Rosa, like a 30-25, 30-26 type of fight. So um, 
If you like Betsy, just do it by a decision, uh, plus 700 on her decision line. I don't see her winning any other way. And, um, you know, a very sad day uh, to see Betch go. Uh, are you sharing the same uh, feelings as me, Ozzy, in this one? Uh, you know, not quite. I just, you know, I just find Betch. I'm sad Betch Kohei is leaving. You know, she's freaking hilarious. Like, just her whole demeanor, you know, before the fight, during the fight, and after the fight, I will definitely miss it. Um, but, <laughs> you know, she's coming in here against Carol Rosa, where, you know, I think the best, her best chance, I mean, Listen, it could happen. Just the thing is, Carol Rosa, you know, she was set to fight Sajara back in June. Um, she had a bad weight cut. She couldn't make the weight. She had to pull out of the fight. Um, so, you know, if you're Betch, I guess you have to hope for, um, you know, Carol just coming in not in the best uh, way. But let, let's be honest, man. Uh, Carol Rosa, her last two wins are against Vanessa Mello and Jocelyn Edwards. Okay, you know you can knock uh Betch Cohea all you want, but I think she'll she would beat those same two girls uh, as well. And most of the girls that she's fought, I want like nobody thought that. Uh, I don't think that anybody thought that uh, Betch was going to beat uh Sajara Eubanks. So I'll give her maybe a little slight chance. Um, you know it's getting you know at plus uh, four hundred. Um, I, I think I guess is worst ways. To invest your money but you know i i don't mind uh using carol as a, a parlay piece you know she's just gonna out volume bet so much um but both these girls are pretty hittable i don't think that you know um carol is a epitome of defense uh, either she uses her offense as her defense um but the but the thing is she's way quicker um, she's strong. She should be stronger in the clinch. If she does uh, choose to take uh, Betch to the ground, I think she'll have a big advantage uh, there as well. She has a reach advantage. Um, so everything points to Carol Rosa. Not a fight that I'm going to be involved when involved in in the slightest bit. Um, and I hope I hope I to not even have to watch. Um, and you know, but I, I would assume Carol Rosa, you know, gets this done. But you know, if you wanted to just have action on it and you wanted to fade Betch, you know, taking punches, you know, Carol Rosa knockout is plus five hundred, uh, which is not uh, not terrible. Yeah, plus five hundred, not not a bad stab. I, I know I had some hesitancies over playing it uh, earlier in my uh, discussion, but still, plus five hundred, not a bad number. Um, she doesn't really go for submissions either. It seems like ground and pound is mostly her forte, so not a bad stab uh, there. Um, moving on to the third of four women's fights in this card, we have your girl Casey O'Neill minus two fifteen, Antonina Shevchenko plus one eighty five. Uh, this one is in the women's flyweight division. I'll let you start this, fight. start this one off, Ozzy. Very interesting fight. Um, you know, Casey O'Neill goes from Shanna Dobson to Laura Procopio to now Antonina Shevchenko. So, you know, pretty quick rise uh, for her, I would say, just because Antonina, I don't know, I don't really hawk the rankings, but I would think that she would have been ranked top 15 at some point. I don't know if she is now. Um, but Casey, you know, she's 23 only or going on 24. Um, and she's going into a fight with Antonina, who, you know, as for as bad as Antonina looked in that um, Andrea Lee fight, you know, there were some just really funny moments, like in the, I think it was the end of the first round, or so, I don't remember when it was, when, she, you know, she, th like, uh, Lee throws like a spinning back fist, and then uh, Antonina grabs onto her, and then Lee just immediately throws her with like a judo throw, like just like a weird, weird exchange. And then you know that was like the beginning of the end, if I remember correctly, because then you know eventually she locked up that triangle on her. But you know 
if I'm looking at that fight, Antonina, I didn't think did that many things wrong or bad overall. You know, she toughed out that triangle for like four minutes. So, which shout out to her, I would have tapped way earlier. Um, and she, uh, you know, even when she's getting up and getting caught in that triangle, because she has the correct underhook and she's trying to, you know, get back up to her feet. Now, you know, she did get tripped kind of easily there. And the thing here when I'm seeing this fight is Casey O'Neill, um, you know, she does have some leg attacks. You know, she will grab onto a single leg. She will go to a double leg, suck the hips out and stuff. But I feel in women's MMA, a lot of these girls rely on the clinch uh, quite often a lot. Um, and, and, and you did see some clinching against Laura Procopio where Antonina, I think, is going to be pretty strong in the clinch. Uh, stronger than anyone Casey's ever fought before. She's going to have way sharper uh, punches than anyone that Casey's ever fought before. And Casey kind of doesn't move her head at all. You know, she she she's uh, down to mix it up uh, uh, quite a quite a bit. And I think that uh, Antonina has a lot of tools be able to combat uh, the aggression that uh, that Casey's going to bring. So I think that, you know, the, the line at minus 215 is way too much. Um, I, I don't see how this she could be favored this highly um, because even if this does get to the ground, you know, I know she 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 is aggressive. That's the thing. She's just super aggressive. But I think physically she has some maturing to do. Um, you know, I'm not going to get too much into aesthetics, but, you know, there's some I think that, you know, she could tighten tighten up. I think she could get bigger, drop a little bit of body fat um, and, and be a real problem at 125 in the future. But uh, I think biting off maybe a, a biting off a lot. You know, this girl is angry this week. She's saying that she's going to beat Antonina's ass. It's going to be bloody that people are you know, dumb for thinking that she can't win. Apparently, you know, she lives in Vegas, but apparently she doesn't know that the betting line is that she's a two to one favor. So someone <laughs> should tell her, or maybe you don't tell her. Um, but I could not, you know, even as much as I like Casey O'Neill as a fighter overall, and as much money as she made me against Lara, um, I can't get there at minus 200. Um, and I do think Antonina is very, I might bet Antonina, honestly, if this, you know, this goes back up to the plus 200 range, I think I'd be interested in her. And uh, the under here is, is is barely plus money but i think these girls are gonna bang i think antonina uh wants to probably prove a point after that uh last performance uh and casey's definitely there to be hit yeah one of your better qualities ozzy is that you you don't really develop a lot of loyalty to these fighters so you bet Procopio especially over on the women's side man i don't get it the from uh, betting on women's tennis, I just know these women are so volatile. You got to get <laughs> off the wagon early, man. You have to. Yeah, so you bet Procopio pretty heavy versus McCann. And then right in the next fight, you bet against her and win on O'Neal. And now you're potentially betting against, against O'Neal here. But, I mean, the lines are flip-flopping. I'm, I mean, these women are going from plus 150 to minus 200 in their next fights. There is reason to be skeptical. Um and Shevchenko, I just feel like she's she's kind of dumb. I feel like she doesn't really fight that well. Um, uh, her past five fights uh, have all had like a ton of grappling in them, even though she is a striker. I mean, she did initiate the grappling in the Pudalova and the Lipsky fight. She can be a somewhat effective offensive grappler when her opponents are really bad. Uh, do you hear any sirens in the background? Hold on. Just now. Entertain the people for a second. All right. Um, so Shevchenko, 
like her fights are constantly involving grappling, even though she is uh, mostly a striker. Their, their fights are always going to the floor. And I feel at some point in this fight, it's just going to end up on the floor. And O'Neal is the better top position grappler. Uh, I think she's a little bit better from bottom as well. I mean, when you see Shevchenko put on her back, she really doesn't do well at getting off of her back. Meanwhile, we saw O'Neal on bottom uh, of Procopio twice in that fight, and she was able to stand up both times. Um, so I think that O'Neal was more proven on bottom. I think the striking should be sort of close here. I definitely give the advantage to Shevchenko, but O'Neal's aggressive. She throws out volume. Um, she's tough as well. She ate some big shots from Procopio in round one and just uh, weathered that storm and, and seems to have really good cardio as well because she pours it on late. She is not conservative with her cardio. She's looking to land ground and pound, looking to finish the fight in rounds two and three. And uh, I'll be picking her to do so here. I think she gets another late finish. Um, probably by submission, but, uh, you know, tough fight to lay the, I wouldn't lay the chalk minus 200 on O'Neal. Um, you just can't, just, you just can't be doing that. Go ahead. I just remembered that round three finish, like the beautiful crucifix to pound in their head, caving her head in to making her give your back to locking up that rear naked choke and putting her to sleep. That was beautiful by O'Neal last time. Well, God. Yeah. That yeah. I mean, so the, the chick is aggressive. I'll, I'll give her that. that um, so and, you know, she knows she seems to know when her opponent, like the tie is turning as well. She kn seems to know when to pour it on. So for a woman who I was previously pretty skeptical of and her experience, uh, she has grown on me. And I think that she is uh, good enough of a grappler uh, to be able to get this fight to the floor and out grapple Shevchenko to uh, to a finish. So it's good in transition. Let's look for a live bet opportunity. Hopefully, Shevchenko starts strong and we can. Yeah, yeah, good point. Maybe like Shevchenko lands like some big flurry on the feet in round one and. Casey looks bad, and then the tide turns again, hopefully. Um, but that's going to bring us on to, to the best fight on the card, no question. Uh, the fight that we're both looking forward to the most. In the lightweight division, we got uh, Joe Selecki as the, uh, let's see here, minus 140 favorite, Astoria's own Jared Gordon, plus 120. So, Oz, you know a thing or two about Queens. Uh, tell us what your thoughts are on uh, this matchup for Jared Gordon. Listen, man, I've walked around Queens for a bit, and I'm telling you, if you could survive that you-know-what out here like Jared Gordon did and didn't die, um, you could definitely survive this Joe Selecki ground game is all I'm going to say. Um, you know, the, the thing here, if these guys, these guys both come from CFFC, if these guys are fighting in CFFC, Jared Gordon would be a minus 185 favorite over Joe Selecki, minus 160 at least. Um, you know how these guys match up, you know, Gordon's coming up from 145, um, but he's consistently shown um, incredible cardio, uh, a very well-rounded game, uh, a ton, tons of volume. Joe Selecki, you know, I I like Joe Selecki. I you know I've I, I, we've been in gra uh, same grappling competitions on, on a number of occasions. Um, you know, because so, he is from the Northeast and all. But you know, matching up here with Gordon, I think is biting off more than he could chew. Um, you know, in these in these uh, three fights that he's had in the UFC, Matt Wyman, an absolute shell of him, like a half a shell of himself in that fight you just saw by just his muscle definition that this guy you know had no uh, business being in the ufc you know and joe wasn't able to get him out of there but you know was able to show his dominant grappling uh against hubbard hubbard just shows his back to everyone and joe showed the best skill that he has which is definitely um his back takes and then his rear naked choke and squeeze he's definitely got a a really really high level uh you know back take and, and ground ability there but against jim miller you see him coming in there 
striking is just incredibly awkward. Uh, you know, he's throwing these leg kicks out that just are not going to hurt anyone, to be to be honest. And just some of the some of the strikes that he's throwing, he's like on his toes. Jim Miller, whenever he wants to counter and throw a right hook at him, he's landing. You know, Joe's like rushing in. Uh, you know, behind his punches, like he's never really sitting back on anything. Uh, so like he's throwing, let's say like a left hook, and he's like completely out of his stance and in not a great defensive position and like trying to land a right hand that's never going to land you know on target just because of the angle that it's coming from uh and then even on one occasion jim miller rocks him with a left hand in that first round and you you know joe was able to to no show it pretty well but he immediately shoots the takedown and then pulls guard you know and then once he is on his guard he's not able to do much down there you know i i would have hoped to have seen a little bit more from him in that full guard you know i think that if he gets to like these half guard positions or you know places like that he'll be able to scramble up but you know he lost that first round to jim miller i think objectively uh anybody watching that so you know he's two out of three judges too He's like a minus 250 favorite there or so, or I think maybe minus 300 he got up to, um, and he loses that first round. And he's here against Jared. I mean, and Miller completely cooked, didn't even try to uh, get up uh, in the in the last two rounds, which was a bit disappointing for me, you know, just as a big Jim Miller fan. Uh, and Joe was had a like a, just a very easy time, uh, didn't have to take any risk. And I think uh, of the last 10 minutes, like nine minutes and like 20 seconds of it, you know, took place on the ground. You know, there was no advantage there you know I, i'm gonna guarantee that jared gordon is gonna be able to defend some of these takedowns and there's gonna be some more uh some more uh action that play, uh, takes place on the feet um i think gordon will not accept uh the bottom position you know the the biggest thing you have to avoid with joe is letting him get on your back or you know transition you know into a lot of these positions but you know gordon's you know has a decent jab on the feet um i think his chin you could say it's it's not great but you know he got knocked out by silva in that third round in a fight that he he was winning in my opinion uh and tore his hamstring in the second round uh you know got knocked out by the lightweight champion and uh got caught in that really weird position against a cdf uh and then the other tko is in in cffc where it was like a cut stoppage that in my opinion should have kept going there so gordon incredibly proven uh, I think he's undefeated in decisions, right? I think he's like 9-0 and uh, in decisions. In a fight that it is favored to go the distance, in a fight where you haven't really seen Joe Selecki be able to push uh, in the third round where it's a contentious uh, fight, in a fight where, you know, Jared, uh, Jared Gordon, if you look at the handicap, the plus three and a half, uh, just to take another line from there, it's very heavily juiced in Jared Gordon's favor, meaning they're expecting him to win a round. You know, how can you end up on the Selecki side at juice where you're potential, you're mostly relying on him uh, catching a submission over a guy who himself, you know, I think he's a brown belt in jiu-jitsu, but Jared Gordon has been training for forever. He made his debut uh, over 10 years ago in CFFC, blazed through that, uh, beat uh John's uh, old coach uh, to 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 defend the the featherweight belt over there, and just brings an insane pace. I think it, this is a, a a perfect foil for Joe. I think Joe could win this fight potentially, but it's going to be a dog fight, man. I think he's going to have to dig super deep. He's going to have to uh, go for a lot of takedowns, and he's going to have to show uh, a lot of improvement uh, in terms of his uh, his boxing uh, when he just fought uh, maybe what 
less than six months ago. So I just don't see it. I think Gordon's going to be able to, I think Gordon's a pretty good uh, cage wrestler as well. You know, he's able to, to put his back to the fence, get up, able to, to, to dig under hooks and offensively wrestle as well. So I think he should watch out for the guillotine of uh Selecki. He does have one of the, a good one of those. He showed that on the contender series. Um, and uh, last last point, Gordon's training down at Sanford MMA. Uh, he's he's tr uh, wrestling with Saul Rogers, with uh, Yagos, with uh, a guy from out of Minnesota that was uh, like a four time qualifier at one forty one. Chandler, so he's ready. Yeah, he, no, not not. I mean Chandler as well, but I'm just saying like a few a few guys that I know he's consistently working with. Um, and I think this is a good this is a good fight for him overall. I think this is uh this is something that he knows he can win if he gets on top. I don't think Joe is gonna be able to easily submit him. And, you know, it'll be, you know, it, it, I think it's going to be a good scrap, but I like Gordon. I think he should be the favorite here. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't see why people are so inclined uh, to, to bet Joe at minus money. So uh, I agree with everything Ozzy said. Um, got a track bet on Gordon here, 1.5 units plus 135. And it seems like we might be getting a little buyback, so we might have to add a little bit more on Gordon. Um, so... I think there are some pretty concrete uh, things about this fight, and that's Gordon is the better striker. Uh, Gordon is the more damaging striker. I mean, uh, Selecki, I don't think, has ever, ever hurt someone with a strike in his MMA career, so it's pretty assumed that the striking is going to be going Jared Gordon's way, and that means that Selecki's going to have to get the fight to the floor to win, and I'm just not overly impressed with Selecki's wrestling. Uh, like you said, he, he sometimes he pulls guard. He... Sure, he got top position on Miller in rounds two and three, but after round one, Miller is pretty much a corpse nowadays. Uh, you know, Matt Wyman, same thing, a corpse. And I just think that the guys that Selecki has beaten aren't really overly impressive. And I think the guys Gordon have beaten are actually kind of underrated. Uh, great point about what you said about Gordon and with decisions. Uh, I didn't know that, but I think he every decision he's went to, he's won unanimously. So. It seems like he he builds as the fight goes. He picks up that output as the fight goes. We saw that in the Chavez fight. The fight started off close, but as the fight went on, just uh, the huge skill differential of Gordon was very evident there. He was taking Chavez down, outstriking him, pressuring him, landing good boxing shots. I mean, Jared Gordon is a very well-rounded fighter, and if he can defend these takedowns, these back take attempts, these submissions from Selecki, then he's going to be pretty safe to win this fight with his striking, with his cardio, with his good attritional work. The only scenarios I see Gordon losing are maybe uh, this 155-pound weight class is really bad for him. He has struggled at 155 before with those bigger guys, but... Uh, with Selecki, not a really damaging guy. Uh, the only times Jared Gordon has lost is by knockout. Uh, so I just don't see him, you know, losing by knockout here. I don't think that Selecki's going to have that big of a jujitsu advantage here. So I'll be siding with Gordon as well. I think he's more than capable of avoiding these takedown attempts and submission attempts, and he's going to beat Selecki up when the fight's on the feet. So uh, I definitely like uh, Gordon here as well. We're going to be on a uh, team. Uh, Astoria Queens this weekend, and uh, that's going to yeah, bring it. There's just no evidence of Joe being able to uh, attack multiple difficult takedowns to finish in a round. There's just no evidence of him being able to do that, especially in a fight where he's going to have to bring out his boxing gloves in as well. So I just, I love Jared Gordon in this uh, position. Uh, and, you know, I think I, I might have been the reason that line went down from plus 135. Maybe. 
Um, yeah, I, I might have been the reason too. You never know. Uh, <laughs> John Stargarian could have been the reason too. We got a lot of homies um, on Gordon this weekend. That's going to take us to the main card fight. 155 pound division. Alexander Hernandez is a massive favorite here. Minus 650. Mike Breeden plus 425 on the other side. Um, I'll start this one off by just saying I think this line is really wide. I mean, I don't understand why the market loves Alexander Hernandez so much. Uh, he was just minus 200 and got 30-27 by Tiago Moises. And Moises is a solid fighter, um, but he, he's kind of, you know, meat and potatoes. I mean, he's an orthodox striker. He's got solid boxing. Um, he really just outstruck Hernandez, picking him apart that entire fight. And I think Hernandez has this real big problem where he doesn't know the type of fighter he is. When he comes out aggressive in round one, he's effective. That's how he beat Dariush, he, how he beat Gritzmacher, um, how he beat OAM. But when he tries to fight like a, a, a technical kickboxer, he stays at range, he has a low output, and the guy kind of gets picked apart at distance. So we saw it versus Drew Dober, we saw it versus Trinaldo, and we saw it in his last fight against Thiago Moises. Um, so I really don't think that Hernandez is that good of a fighter. I think the market is way high on this guy. And going over the tape on Breeden, I think the, the guy is a solid fighter. I mean, I don't see any area where the guy is is really weak. Uh, he's a solid offensive striker. He's got good takedown defense and get-ups. I was actually really impressed with what I saw from him in terms of defensive grappling. He's got a good understanding of underhooks and defensive wrestling positions. And even when he gets taken down, he's good at exploding back up to the feet. And I think the guy is a solid defensive grappler. I think he's durable. We saw him take an absolute beating versus Romero. And when you see a fighter take a beating, I like to look at two things. Do they concede defeat? Do they kind of just accept they're going to lose and try not to get knocked out? Or do they bite the mouthpiece, come forward, and try to win the fight even though they're hurt? And that's what Breeden did in that fight. He was coming forward trying to make something happen even though his leg was getting chewed off by uh, the leg kicks from Romero there. So... I think Breeden is is competent enough in all areas of MMA to make this fight close. I think I would cap it closer to minus 350 maybe for Hernandez. Minus 650 I think is way out of control. I think uh, whoever opened this line is just not respecting Breeden enough. And um, I'm interested to see if you think uh, along the same lines, Ozzy. You think Breeden's all right or you think I'm off on this one? I'm just completely done with Alex Hernandez. Like he totally fucked me in that Tiago Moises fight. Like close it. This is why I tell you closing line value is fake. Because I had like minus 160 uh on Hernandez and then he got completely blown out of the water. I mean, this is a guy who he needs confidence to win fights. Like, you know, in the first fight uh that he came in against Ariushi, he had nothing to lose. So he's like, fuck it, I'm just gonna go ham. And you know, we'll see what happens. Gritzmacher, he just destroys him, throws out, you know, a ton ton of strikes and is able to knock him out. But he's a big bully. Uh, you know, he saw Drew Dober when Drew Dober was not scared of him. You know, he completely wilted uh, and he was not liking that pressure. Trinaldo wasn't able to do much, but he stood up to him as well. And he didn't like that adversity. And then the same thing happened with Moises. Moises was completely clowning him in like that those second and third rounds. It was completely embarrassing, you know, to me for a guy of Alex Hernandez's pedigree. You know, I saw this guy against OAM and I thought, whoa, this guy is legit. Like his uh, wrestling was looking great his transitions looked really good to me uh his entries and and all that and i think here against um breeden i think uh, i guess his name breeden um i think breeden's all right you know I, I i was on him i think he was super wide against um 
or not, maybe not that wide against uh, Romero. Um, I thought that he had uh, some good skills coming into that fight. You know, he has some decent leg kicks. He has some uh, a decent counter game. Um, you know, he'll stay at range. And he knows, I mean, I think his defense is good enough. He's not going to go in there uh, and get completely uh, wasted there. Um, he's coming out of that camp with uh, Kraus. Um, so I think his wrestling, you know, he's training with my boy, uh, Missouri Khabib. Uh, so I think he should be he should be all right in terms of the grappling and the game plan wise. And uh, Kraus has to know that, uh, like I said, Alex Hernandez is a huge bully. Um, if you stand up to the bully and, you, you know, you exchange mm -hmm. shots and, you know, you're able to, to avoid the big one, uh, you should be able to be in the fight. So, I mean, there's no chance that I would touch this guy uh, at parlaying him or anything like that because of all of those intangibles and what I think is maybe missing up uh, upstairs. But you know, I still think Alex Hernandez has big time potential. I think if he gets Breeden down, I think he should be able to dominate Breeden on the ground, even though Breeden is, you know, okay overall. Um, but I think if they're on the feet for prolonged stretches, you know, I think these guys are going to probably be calf kicking each other and, you know, throwing a lot of light kicks. But I do think Breeden could hang in there. Um, and, you know, I think the over here has been getting bet. It was minus 155, minus 175 now. I think that potentially could be an angle because I think uh, Breeden is uh, is tough, like you said. Um, but it's it's definitely a stay away on the Hernandez side. And I'm hoping that uh, Breeden could, you know, stand up to the bully a little bit and we could get uh, some fireworks going back and forth. Yeah, I'm pretty confident that Breeden is going to stuff shots. I, I don't think Hernandez is going to get him shoulders flat on the mat. Maybe he'll get some cage push time, some ride time, but uh, I'm pretty confident in Breeden's defensive grappling, and I think it's going to be a striking fight, and I'll take Breeden at plus 400 or higher all day in a striking fight. Um, so I'm going to end up with a small bet on Breeden here. Takes us to the final uh, women's fight on the card, a fight that was supposed to happen a couple months back. Aspen Ladd coming back at minus 270, Chasin plus 230. Ladd hasn't fought in about... Almost two years, honestly. Uh, been a long layoff. Um, this fight was rescheduled. So what are your thoughts on this one, Ozzy? Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure that you're not going to be laying minus 270 on Aspen not last year. Is that safe to say? Oh, for sure. I, I don't remember what this line was originally, but I think it was shorter than this. It was. Um, it was minus 200. Minus 200. So... You know, I think I was betting Chiesan back then at like plus 175. So that lets you know right off the bat that I'm I'm going to take her here as well. You know, I hate her haircut. I hate uh, the colors that she does. I hate all that stuff about her. Um, but, you know, I've seen some improvement on Macy. And, I mean, it's easy to forget that this girl won the Ultimate Fighter. People thought that she was a legit prospect uh, uh, before. Aspen Ladd just beat up mostly grandmas. Uh, to be quite honest with you, um, she's super plotting, you know, on the feed. That's why she got iced uh, by uh, by G, uh, Jermaine Duran to me so easily. She just like is just it looks like she's jumping rope almost like, you know what I mean? Like she's just like she'll <laughs> stand in place and it's like she or like uh, treading water. I don't know. It's a weird it's a weird approach that she has. Um, but, you know, she her her takedowns, you know, I was mentioning uh, about the uh, women's MMA and the kind of takedowns that they have. and uh, Aspen Ladd is one of them that, you know, most of her takedowns come from, you know, her getting into the clinch, you know, she'll be, she'll be in the clinch and, you know, she'll, uh, 
will have good timing and she'll level change and then she'll try to run through girls or or, or uh, finish in the clinch. But you know, I, she doesn't. I mean, her hands are terrible. Like I don't care that she knocked out Yana in that third round, which in the fight that I thought was one one going into the third round. But I, I think her hands are terrible. Um, I don't think her cardio is particularly great. And Macy, uh, even though she got taken down by Marion Renault there in that fight uh, a few times. Um, you know, she went to like Ashi, like uh, outside Ashi, which is like a leg lock position. You know, at one point, I was able to transition that into a sweep. Um, she did some okay things against Shayna Young in terms of like keeping underhooks and staying in educated positions. So I think people have a lot of the, um, you know, the 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 stain uh, in their mind of that Lena Landsberg loss. But I mean, this price is just way too high. This is the the most favorite. Aspen Lab has been in any of her fights, I think, dating back to like that maybe when she beat one of the grandmas. I don't remember which one uh, she's most most favored over. But um, you know, Macy has way better striking than Aspen Lad. Uh, she has some power. She's a former 145er, and she's plus 230 here. I mean, if I lose on this, I lose. But they, you know, they they're treating Aspen Lad here like she. And some people, you know, your own boy from Philly, you know, they say that she's a future champion. Man, I do not see it. So the the. Biggest issue for Macy Ch uh, Chason is she's a little bit physically weak, I think, like in her core core and stuff. Like she's a little floppy, um, which I think will be the reason Aspen Lad wins this fight and takes her down, you know, at certain points. But I just can't get behind wanting to back her in this at, at this price. Like, you know, she lost to, she was like 1 1 with uh, Sajara going into round three, and that fight was incredibly close. You know, you could have argued that Sajara won that second fight that they, uh, that they fought or, or maybe maybe even the first one i don't remember the first no one. no it was the second one it was a draw actually she yeah. um jara won rounds one and three and then lad tenated her in round two it should have been a draw yeah. okay that's what you're saying but but they scored the last round for aspen lad though they, yeah right? mistakenly yeah. I, I remember that Aspen Lad like popped out in certain positions. She was like wrist riding her a little bit, throwing some ground and pound. But I mean, it's just like she's has not been dominant other than when she fought those grandmas. Like it's just a fact. And she's fighting a girl here who has a reach advantage on her, who uh, is just as big as her, um, has a six inch reach advantage. It's taller than her. Um, trains at a legit gym. She she's out of Fortis. All right, as as much as we want to talk bad about Fortis, and the, just, the record's good this year. Can't talk bad about them. They good have a this good year, record. And, and she's been been getting ready for this girl for like six months now. She's been getting ready for Aspen Lad. Aspen Lad's often uh, ACL reconstruction hasn't fought in two years almost. Give me Macy Chieson at this plus price, man. Yeah, I agree. I mean, th this is a, a pretty shitty fight, but I, there's there's not much thought needs to go into this one, and that's Chieson is the value side. Um, you hit a lot of the good points here. Um, Lad almost two years without a fight, and. She generally is in close fights. If she can't get that top position and unleash that ground and pound like she did on a few of her opponents, she really is not that good uh, anywhere. I don't think her wrestling is that good. Her striking extremely sloppy. She's so hittable. And uh, Aspen just strikes me as one of those fighters and her coaches who just won't really be honest with what they're seeing and so she's coming off a win over Yana. She's coming off a knockout over her. I just feel like they probably thought everything went perfect in that fight, and there's nothing to improve on. Meanwhile, Lad still showed a lot of weaknesses in that fight, and I just don't think that she's going to improve. She kind of reminds me of Macy Barber, honestly. Um, that'd be a fun matchup at some point in the future. Um, 
And Macy should win the striking here. I mean, she is a, a big, long southpaw. Uh, no, it says she's orthodox on uh, UFC stats, but I, I thought she was a southpaw. And um, she can come out and bomb on you early. She can land some good strikes at distance and get you out of there. She's decent on top as well with her ground and pound. This fight probably comes down to can Lad take her down or not. If she can, uh, I think Macy could struggle with getting put on bottom and staying there. Um, but Lad's takedowns are, are not good. She's not a smart fighter. She doesn't have smart ways to get into the clinch to get those takedowns. Um, so I think that Chasson is a side. I agree with Ozzy here. Plus 230, probably worth a, a half unit bet or something like that. I don't have any extreme confidence in Macy Chasson. I just don't think that Lad should be uh, plus or minus 270 in this spot. So I, I, I'll agree with you there. Value side all over Chasson. And that's going to move us to uh, the next fight, which is in the middleweight division, where we have Kristoff uh, Jocko as the minus 145 favorite, Misha Sarkunov plus 125. Um, I noted that this fight is, is, is kind of funny. It's kind of like fighters that are pretty opposites of one another. Um, Jocko is a, a low, medium output striker. Fights have a lot of cage pushing. They very typically go to the decision. He hasn't finished anyone in over five years. Sirkunov is extremely aggressive, extremely volatile. His fights are always finishing in round one. He hasn't gone out of round one in over five years. He's been in the UFC for six or seven years, has never seen a decision once. Um, so the guy is just the epitome of you know, kill or be killed. Very aggressive style. And it's interesting to see how they're going to clash here because you got one guy who shows virtually no aggression versus one guy who all he knows is aggression. And Sirkunov's biggest problem has been his chin. He's gotten hurt and knocked out several times in the UFC. But Jocko, not known for being a big hitter. He doesn't really sit down on his punches. He's not uh, the guy to throw a, a huge amount of strikes. His past few uh, decision wins, you can look, he only landed uh, 50 or 60 strikes in those fights. So he's not really the type of guy to, to justify his price tag, especially as a favorite. Um, Jocko is not a bad guy to stab on as a dog or something, but backing them at minus 150, I don't think he's the fighter who you want to be doing that. Um, yeah, looking at his past two decision wins, uh, he landed 40 strikes versus Bayut, 66 versus Anders. Not a high volume there. And Sirkinov, uh might be able to take him down. Sirkinov's uh, a competent boxer, competent wrestler, very good jujitsu skill on the ground. And I think that I got to side with Sirkinov here based on the aggression, especially in terms of a pre-fight bet, because I'm pretty sure Sirkinov's going to come at him in round one, be very aggressive. He might get a takedown. He might hurt Jocko. And there's a good chance that he finishes Jocko straight out in round one. But if the fight gets out of round one, you do have to sort of favor Jocko to slow the fight down get the fight at more of his speed and win a decision in rounds two or three. But pre-fight, I like the plus money on Sirkinov. I'm not confident that he's going to cash that ticket, but I think that he will possibly be the live favorite in, in the betting lines in round one here. So I'll slightly lean towards Sirkinov being the side here, plus 125. Uh, what are you thinking about Sirkinov's drop down to middleweight here, Ozzy? I cannot try. I don't know how you're trusting Misha Sirkinov. I cannot get there at all in my brain. You know, I was I was going back to watch Jocko fights and see like how he reacts to the grappling and stuff like that. You know, I watched that David Branch fight and you see there there's a few times where David Branch was able to just like time, you know, Jocko like throwing a kick or a punch or whatever and just tackle him to the ground. Uh, which I thought, oh, okay, you know, maybe Sirkinov could do that. And then once he's on top, 
you know, start, uh, you know, throwing some ground upon and stuff. But the thing is, Serkinov, man, he does not even have good control, man. He doesn't have good control. He'll, you know, he panics if he if he starts losing positions. Um, you know, he doesn't throw really throw a lot of ground and pound once he's on top. Uh, and Jocko, for for everything, you know, I think he's pretty well rounded. I think he's got uh, in the grab, excuse me, in the grappling areas, he does pretty smart things overall. He even has some counter grappling. He's landed a few takedowns in his UFC career. He actually averages more than one takedown around or a fight excuse me uh if you if you're a big stat guy um but i don't think that'll probably be the case here but the thing is you know circling off just a mental midget to me man like a, a bunch of his fights like even that jimmy crew fight he's getting destroyed i don't know what jimmy crew was doing wanting to stay on top of him and then even when after he gets swept he's sitting on his back throwing punches at misha Serkinov from his butt didn't make any sense at all. Great sweep, though. Great sweep. But the thing is, like, there's, I don't see him getting that sleep on Christoph Jocko. I think this fight will be competitive for a little bit, uh, more than likely. But then Jocko is just going to start uh, being too quick for him. I feel, you know, I think there'll be, there'll be some cage hugging. But I just, I've never even been impressed by Misha Serkinov's takedowns, you know, for me at all, like that much. Like, I think he, he just, he's a brute. Overall, he's not overly technical with the takedowns. He doesn't really have great leg attacks. And I think Jocko, if he is getting in on his legs, I think Jocko's going to be able to um, out-athlete him. So it's going to have to be some clinch takedowns from Misha. I think Jocko starts, you know, getting away from him at a certain point, just starts punching his face off, uh, probably th hitting him with a few calf kicks here and there. Um and I mean, Misha is gonna be a corpse at 185. Let's be honest. It's not. I don't think it's gonna go well for him overall. Um, he was talking about how he wants to have a reach advantage when uh, when he fights, and he's gonna have that at middleweight. But guess what? Jocko's got the same reach as you, bro. Um, so I think he's Jocko's gonna be able to keep this guy at the end of his range. Misha's gonna sh uh, sh blow his water early, um, and then Jocko's probably gonna run away with it. Maybe finish him. I don't know. But you can never put uh, something past Misha. In terms of getting finished so maybe like a jocko round three for me yeah i think pure pick wise i'll probably still lean jocko decision um like you said it, it's hard to be really confident in a, with a bet on Sarkunov um with how fragile he is and you know cutting an extra 20 pounds can't be good for that chin so that's going to move us along to the welterweight division where we have nico price minus 181 taking on alex cowboy Oliveira ton of action oh excuse me Oliveira is plus 156 a ton of action came in on nico price this week i mean he was minus 135 for three weeks if you look on bet online minus 135 for three weeks and all of a sudden he gets absolutely steamed this past week all the way down to minus 181 um I, I get it. Some people seem like they, they, it seems like Alex Oliveira might be shot. Um, he did get uh, get hurt in both of his most recent fights and get finished in both of them. Um, I, but I think Randy Brown and Shavkat are a lot better fighters than Nico Price's. But it's still fair to question where Alex Oliveira is, where his durability is at. Um, I definitely think his durability has taken a hit. He can't take a shot the same way he used to. And... The guy's always been a wild fighter, very random, doesn't really fight with much process. And, you know, late in your career, when you've taken a ton of damage, when you can't uh, withstand those those big shots and create chaos, that style is just not good. And I think Oliveira aging, his style has gotten a lot worse. And 
Nico Price has actually been hanging around with some pretty tough competition lately. Had close striking fights with uh, Vicente Luque, with Michel Pereira. And I think that uh, Price is going to be landed in the harder shots here. I think he has more power of the two. Um, but but he's also pretty defensively void. He's very easy to take down. Michel Pereira hit a takedown or two on him. So if Oliveira wants to go in here with the best game plan, I think it would probably be to wrestle, honestly. I, I don't think that things are going to go too well for him on the feet. I just don't think you can trust his output or his durability. Uh, so the striking, I do think, favors Nico. But uh, Price's takedown defense is quite bad. So if Oliveira comes in with the right game plan to grapple heavy, he could pull off a grappling victory here. But um, Price not the type of guy to back at minus 180. So uh, Cowboy is the side. It's just a question of do you want to place a wager on him and uh, maybe gamble that he's not shot? Maybe he still has a little bit left in the tank. So very fun matchup, though. Um, and uh, Jack Slack pointed this out. Fight, uh, the fight to have a point deduction is 35 to 1 in this fight. Um, Price is always eye poking people, Oliveira is always committing fouls. Um, I like that for a stab here over on DraftKings. I'll pass this over to you, Ozzy. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Alex Oliveira has never been knocked out, never lost by knockout. Um, I think the main thing that people are seeing on the uh, yes, he has, side, he, he lost I, to Nancy Medeiros by knockout. I don't think he did. Pretty sure that's incorrect. Definitely think Anyways. he did. Yeah, he did. Oh, he didn't. Huge knowledge advantage for the Martian. All right, but go on. He didn't. Where do you see that? Yancy Medeiros. He didn't. Not, they not, never even fought. Yeah, they did. That was that's literally one of the one of the one of my favorite UFC fights ever. Medeiros anyway. knocked him out in round three. Anyway, um, yeah, that yeah. was the only time then. The only time. <laughs> so, uh. Yeah, one time, my bad, one time. They must have just updated that shit. <laughs> uh, so, so anyway, um, so the the main thing for uh, Nico on the Nico Price side is uh, the volume. You know, I think that people are looking at you know Alex Oliveira very low volume, Nico Price very high volume. Alex Oliveira is like doing that karate Gunnar Nelson kind of style. Um, you know, trying to stay on the outside and be a sniper. Um, so you know, Nico Price probably gonna get in his face. Um, I I can see why this fight it will probably uh you know, get finished in some way. Um, I think that's heavily favored, but I just can't, I mean, price, uh, juice on Nico price. I just can't do it. You know, he's just too volatile of a guy. He does really dumb stuff. You know, he'll, he'll be, he could lose a 30, 27 decision and he'll be like, like trying to, you know, hold his hands up at the end of it. Like you just can't trust him. Um, I don't think that he will come out here with a, that good of a game plan. Um, you know, he looked a little bit scared of, uh, Michelle Pereira, you know, honestly, no, no shade to him because I'd be scared of that guy too. But just he didn't look uh, normal to me in those first two rounds. Um, and I think Alex Oliveira, you know, two two losses in a row. I think this is the time to buy low on him. This is a better price that you would have got uh, versus Shavkat or Randy Brown. Um, a much better price actually and uh and i think this is a good a decent buy low spot for him uh if he does come here you know behind his jab you know maybe shooting takedowns cage hugging you know pushing him against the fence you know looking to land those clinch strikes i think he could beat nico price but i'm not confident in either of these guys if this price keeps going up i'm gonna be forced like literally forced uh to bet on uh, alex Oliveira. but i see the bet slip uh, the bet splits here i think the last time i checked on bet mma it was like 50 bets on nico price four bets on alex Oliveira, which is kind of crazy to me i don't know where all the chatter for nico price is coming from you know this guy does not win fights at all 
Um, you know, <laughs> it, it, when he's even when he wins fights, like he's clearly losing them. Kind of, kind of uh, mean, yeah. He's clearly losing even when he wins. Like his last win was against uh, James Vick. He's he's losing until uh, he won. Uh, I don't even remember the Tim Means fight, but I'm pretty sure he was. He was losing. Yeah. And then the Randy Brown fight, he hammer fisted him from bottom and cost me a lot of money. Um, so you know, I just don't see it. I can't get behind it. Um, so I'll probably be on Alex Oliveira, and I do think he has a decent path to victory. Yeah, good points about Price's recent. I mean, his recent wins all have been kind of some crazy come from behind. Um, but what I like about him is even when he's in tough fights that he loses, he actually does compete the entire time. The Michelle fight, he did lose the first two rounds, but he came right at Michelle in one round three of that fight. Um, so I, I found that pretty impressive for him to come back and win that that last round. Um, I like Price in general. Um, would I would be a little upset to see Oliveira go. Um, so honestly, I kind of hope uh, Oliveira gets back on track with the win to keep him around for a bit longer. And that's going to take us to the co-main event of the evening in the middleweight division. We got Kevin Holland minus 170, Kyle Dockhouse plus 145. Uh, you can start this one off, Isaac. What are your thoughts on the co-main event? So I like Dawkins overall as a fighter. You know, he's been frustrating for me uh, on a number of occasions, especially the Brendan Allen fight. But I just think his tendencies overall um, will pr probably play a good role here, like will play to his advantage. You know, typically, you know, in the past, I've seen him uh, land some really good strikes and, you know, be, be looking good on the feet uh, and then force the grappling. I think that happened versus Hawes. That happened definitely against Brendan Allen. Um, and it has even happened on the regional scene for him. Um, and I think here, that's actually a good thing if he forces the grappling um, against Kevin Holland because we know Kevin Holland on the mat is not great, gives up tons of positions, uh, is very... Um, you know, just nonchalant with his defense, does not dig underhooks, um, you know, kind of just is, is like, oh, yeah, if you take me down, I'm going to get back up, is is his mindset. And I think against uh, a guy in Kyle Dawkins who has eight eight wins by submission, that's going to be a bad bad idea for him. You know, I think people are saying that, you know, Kevin Holland survived on the ground against GM3 and, you know, all the these other guys and they say oh you know this you know he, he's good on the mat you know it's gonna be fine you know the i don't think that's gonna be the case here although i will say there's been a few positions that kyle Dawkins gets into on the ground that he's just a little bit lazy if you look at that dustin uh i'm not even gonna pronounce his last name, you know, whatever the german guy um you know kyle Dawkins is on top of him at uh, some uh, certain points that he's like on his knees mm -hmm. not doing anything and the other guy's not doing anything either um those are going to be positions where you know, potential Jacare scenario comes up where uh, Holland's just throwing punches from his back. Like you saw against, again, like, you know, Marvin Vittori and Derek Brunson. The guy's just going buck wild from the bottom. But I don't really care the fact that he lost to Marvin Vittori and Derek Brunson. You could be like, oh, you know, well, he survived the whole. Doesn't really matter, man. He got dominated. He lost clearly both of those fights. Uh, and, and he had massive holes in his game. And that was both of those fights were within six months ago. So you can say it's a, it's a higher level and all this stuff. Doesn't matter because he is not short up that game that part of his game at all um i think that doc is here on the feet you know i'm hearing people saying that you know uh kevin holland's gonna have a speed advantage everything like that i don't really see that being the case i think that kyle doc throws some pretty good snappy punches i think his his uh speed is is all right i think that kevin holland slows down just as much as kyle doc slows down so i think there are multiple paths to victory for kyle i think he can get to the clinch here and take kyle holland down uh pretty pretty easily 
I think he can get in on the legs and take Holland down for sure. And then if they're at range, I think he, you know, Holland has probably a, the kicking advantage. But Cal's got some good boxing. He's a southpaw, which uh, Holland has fought a number of southpaws uh, thus far in his uh, career. So it won't be that much of an issue for him. But I mean, the boxing of Cal uh, Dawkins is is better than Derek Brunson's to me. So you know, I think that you know this is a pretty uh, evenly matched fight. The 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 line is continuing to move in Kevin Holland's favor, which I think is probably fair. But I'll have I'll have a, probably a piece of Cal Dawkins if this goes above plus one fifty five, uh, and then definitely maybe some stabs at his uh, his props here because I think he's gonna be able to bring a fight to Holland. I think he's tough enough to not get finished. And if you're in an extended fight against Kevin Holland. It's only a matter of time before the guy makes a mistake, especially if you guys are grappling. Yeah, so I'll be siding with uh, Doc House here too as the underdog. Uh, the fight that, or the bet that interests me the most in this fight is fight going the distance. It's only minus 128, which is 55%. That means this fight ends by finish 45% of the time. I think that's way, way too high. Um, the most likely prop finish is Holland by knockout. Um, Doc House is extremely durable. Uh, Holland is a noodly striker at best. I mean, the guy does have some pop in his punches, but I, I don't think the guy is a traditionally good striker at all. So I think that prop value is way off. I think this fight goes the distance like way, way higher. I mean, I, I think it could be closer to 70%, honestly, uh, for the decisions here. Um, so what, what would that be? Quarter Cali? What would that be? Ozzy about like a 30 unit bet or something like that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so getting down to the matchup, I think, I mean, we we saw it very proven in his past two fights. Kevin Holland is not a guy who who takes matchups seriously. He doesn't really realize what his opponent's game plan is. He doesn't seem to take his opponent's threats very seriously. And we saw that getting taken down in every single round versus Marvin, every single round versus Derek, just completely dominated. I think he really embarrassed himself in those fights, honestly, with how bad he did. Um and then the UFC goes and, and re-signs him to a new contract. He was in the middle of a contract, and the UFC went out of their way to, to give Kevin Holland a new contract uh, before this fight. And, uh, you know, he's blabbering this week how he thinks fighter pay is, is you know, overrated. The conversation about fighter pay is, is, isn't worthy of being discussed. So, I mean, the guy is just such an idiot. I have a hard time backing him uh, at minus 170 here. I mean... Outside of round one finishes, Kevin Holland is not a guy you want to be back in at minus 170. He's not a very thoughtful fighter who fights with much process or much of a game plan. So trusting him at over 60%, I think is really dumb, especially against Dockhouse, who is a well-rounded fighter. The guy is a tricky softball boxer, like you said, definitely got some snap on his punches. Um, he is a decent wrestler. I think he's a better jujitsu grappler than he is a wrestler, but... The guy can still get the fight to the floor. He has wrestled in all four of his most recent fights. Um, he did not successfully take down Phil Hawes, but he did take down uh, Allen and Stolfoots in the Lombardo and the Contender Series. So the guy is a pretty dedicated wrestler, and any dedicated wrestler against he Kevin Holland, I'm willing to take because the guy's takedown defense, his get-ups are just so bad. And it really seems like he, he accepts being on bottom. So if a guy's going to try to put him on bottom, I think that that could be a potential round winner. So I got to side with Doc House here. I think that Doc House is the money line side. And I think that goes the distances could be the best bet of the fight on either side. Um, 
I know Holland fights are a bit chaotic and wild at times, but I honestly think Dachau's submission is the most likely finish of anything here. Um, and that I only rate, you know, 10, 15 percent. So what about what about goes the distance? Do you think there's any value there? Uh, I mean, I guess I think, you know, maybe a little bit, but I think the, um, Kevin Holland is going to be aggressive. I think that Kyle Dawkins is going to choke him out, to be honest with you. I think yeah. he's going to, I think he's choking this dude. To, I'm he putting Kevin on to sleep. Dockhouse submission plus 700 on FanDuel right now. That is, that is, I will be, I won't be betting that. Um, Next fight is a fight that doesn't have any value on, goes the distance for sure. Light heavyweight division. Uh, we got Tiago Santos minus 153, Johnny Walker plus 133 in this one. And, you know, not a fight that requires a whole lot of analysis. I'm sure I don't think anyone has some revolutionary read on this fight. Uh, it should be a clusterfuck of a fight, honestly. Um, they should come at each other in round one, swing wild, and one guy is probably going to fall and get finished in the first round here. The only instances I see this fight leaving round one is if Tiago Santos decides to clinch, decides to wrestle. And he has done that at times. He did hit a brief takedown on Manawa. He might have taken down Kevin Holland as well, won that uh, fight with his top game. And the only times Walker's fight leave round one is when opponents try to take him down, like Henrique, Henrique on the Contender Series, like uh, Nikita Krylov, who put on a wrestling clinic versus him. Um, so unless Santos decides to grapple, this fight really should end in round one. I just... Walker is so wild and aggressive. He knows no other way besides coming out stupid aggressive in round one and either being finished or being fin uh, getting a finish or getting finished himself. So I'll side with Thiago Santos. I know the guy hasn't looked good since the knee surgery, um, but those are against guys who are trying to grapple him. Glover Teixeira, Alexander Rakich, those guys are top five light heavyweights. And this is a huge step down in competition, and it's not a guy who's going to attempt to grapple him in any uh, any world. So Santos should be the better, uh, you know, much better experience. I think he he's got the better striking technique, and uh, I think he'll do well in the, these chaotic exchanges, uh, kind of like the Manawa fight. Um, so I, I'm siding with Santos here. Would love to see him get back on track, but not really a fight that you can bet money line wise. I think it's just too too chaotic to be uh, laying any any bets on the money line here. A lot of people are on the fight doesn't start round three, four, five. Those are probably good. Those probably win. Um, what are your thoughts on the, the main event, Ozzy? Um, I mean, you know, I know you guys really like those props, you know, not starting those, you know, distant rounds. But, I mean, Tiago Santos just not been doing that much. And, like, in that rackage, right, he just looked like a shell of himself. Didn't look very interested in that fight. Um, and then in the Glover Teixeira fight, you know, I know he landed a bunch of shots. You know, I think uh, it was at the end of fir the first round or something, and then in that third round. But I don't know. You know, I I, I don't. I'm not very confident. In Thiago Santos. I actually like Johnny Walker here, maybe a little bit uh, to to just. Do what he does, you know, have, I mean, the thing is with Santos is when he is coming at you and, you know, with, with blood in his eyes, like he's completely open to getting turned off uh, himself. Um, you know, he, he just throwing shots, he, his chin is in the air and he, and he has tremendous power, but Johnny Walker, he knows us coming to him. I have to imagine like, and, and he's, you know, I think is going to be able to st stand in place and uh, throw shots back at him. Um, you know, in his last two fights, in his last three fights, but let's just say last two fights, the guys were trying to take him down and were succeeding, right? Uh, Krilov and Ryan Spann. 
I don't think that Tiago Santos is going to want to do that. Um, I think that'll tax his gas, his gas tank. And I think that, you know, with Walker's six-inch reach advantage, you know, I think that uh, Santos is going to be in danger coming coming inside. So I'm just going to pick Johnny Walker just for fun. Uh, I will not bet this unless, you know, this price goes, you know, back up and people are really confident in Tiago. But I've got no confidence in Tiago. I got no confidence in backing him uh, at, at 60% at all. Um, but uh, I hope that someone gets knocked out so you guys make money on that, uh, that finish, those finishing props. Yeah. Um, should take into consideration, Ozzy, what is your, what is your record on main events? Yeah, you have a. Not good. Not good. Not good. Not, like, good. not good. This is not good. It's always not good. I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty good. I'm pretty involved, good. But, I'm but pretty good. Not, uh, Tiago Santos at minus 160. Well, I, I'll tell you, I got Tiago Santos last time he main evented. Uh, I, I got that one right. So uh, on Glover, right? We're all over. Glover. Yeah. Well, for sure, but but he was also minus one sixty in that fight. That was a year. This is the only time. This is the only time in Johnny Walker's career he's been plus money. Is that true? Uh, what about uh, his most recent one against Span? He was favorite. He was favorite in that fight. That's about pretty that. crazy. That's about interesting. That. But uh, you know, I mean, the market has been insane. No, he was he was dog to uh, Khalil Roundtree. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Just looked it up. Closed plus one forty-five. Right. Since he killed Khalil, that that was wrong. Or or or, or um, if we reline that now, after seeing Khalil three years later break <laughs> a guy's leg with we don't front do that. Kick, we don't we we don't reline. Kick, was that was that Khalil bet uh, plus EV? Like some guys will reline. Like they don't, we don't reline that far back. Oh my bad. No, no, no. Only three one years. Year, only three one years year. is out of out of my statute of limitations. Okay. Um, my bad. For sure. Uh, I wonder. I think I've predicted almost every main event right since we've done the podcast. I think this Bar- fight, th- we got Barbosa this fight, wrong. Don't even need to watch this fight because it's just going to be, hey, this guy hit his win condition. So it's whatever. Yeah. Someone's hitting their win condition in round one here. I think it's Tiago Santos. Um, I, but, think, uh, I don't think Santos is knocking him out in the first round. That, I'll t- that'll be my take for the fight. I do not think Tiago Santos finishes this in round one. My, all right. That's my pick for the fight. I think, I think he will. All right, that's going to do it for the podcast. Um, mediocre 13 fight car, but still a few decent fights sprinkled in there. Only bet I have tracked so far is uh, Astoria's own Jared Gordon and uh, might end up with some other action, but not going to be a huge card of bets for me. And uh, any closing thoughts, Ozzy? No, I got Jared Gordon. Uh, and I, I, I'll, have a, I'll have a number of bets here. Oh yeah, breeding. I'll be on breeding. I have pretty, I have a pretty good, uh, pretty good amount sprinkled around here, and I'm looking Sorry for about. some props. For Sorry some about the motorcycle noise in the background, but that's gonna do it uh, for the podcast. Thank you all for listening. Thanks to everyone uh, showing support, liking the videos, and uh, showing love on Twitter. Thank you to everyone who's tuning in on a weekly basis. And I hope you are using the information to make some money, uh, win some bets, and I uh, hope you all enjoy the fights this weekend. I'll see you before the next UFC card. Peace. Thank you.